We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 252 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Wednesday, February 16th, 2022, the day after Mr. Walkoff walked off. The Nationals, Ryan Zimmerman, on Tuesday afternoon, announced his retirement. One of the great faces of Washington, D.C. sports over the last two decades. And I emphasize that word, faces, because Zimmerman's facial expressions during his plate appearances could be quite funny and quite entertaining. But Ryan Zimmerman also was a really good player for the Nats. He's the franchise's all-time leader in a number of key categories. He's one of the greatest players in Major League history in terms of accumulating walk-off home runs. Uh, He was all-class, and his number 11 will never be worn again by a Nationals player. I think that it is safe to say that. Uh, My thoughts on the now-concluded Major League career of Ryan Zimmerman are coming up next segment. But hello and welcome to a Wednesday installment of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is February 16th. That means that one month from today is March 16th, which will be the first day of the new NFL League year. Yes, NFL free agency and the NFL trading period will officially begin one month from today at 4 p.m. Eastern. So if you are down in the dumps because the NFL season ended on Sunday night with Super Bowl 56, be down in the dumps no more. Understand the offseason is here and the offseason moves quickly. We have the NFL scouting combine in just a few weeks, March 1st through the 7th, and we then, soon afterward, have the start of free agency and trades. And, you know, for us as Commanders fans, we, in the meantime, have the workplace misconduct scandal. Oh, the fun never ends for us as Commanders fans. Uh, Coming up on the show, I will address the latest developments in Washington's workplace misconduct scandal, including the Commanders now having lost a sponsor due to the scandal. You know, as this thing goes on and we wonder about the possibility of Dan Snyder, a.k.a. Danny Boy, uh, being ousted as owner of the Commanders, you look for clues, you look for indications of where this whole thing may take us. If the loss of a sponsorship leads to the losses of other sponsorships, uh, that's the kind of wave that can affect real change. As we all know, Money talks. As ACDC told us many years ago, money talks. And if Danny Boy and the scandal are costing the team and thus the NFL real money, well, that is significant. I'll get to this in just a bit. Also on the show, I want to have a conversation with you regarding our commander's head coach, Ron Rivera, and the overall trend in the NFL right now with head coaches. The trend is teams going with offensive-minded head coaches who are, say, 45 or younger. Ron, of course, is a defensive-minded head coach who is older. Uh, Is our team doing this wrong? You know, 
If you don't have a Sean McVay or a Zach Taylor or a Matt LaFleur or a Cliff Kingsbury or some young, hotshot, offensive-minded head coach, are you as an NFL team doing head coach wrong right now? Uh, We shall discuss. And I will pay homage to the great eight, Alex Ovechkin. Two goals in a 4-1 Capitals win at the Nashville Predators on Tuesday night on what ended up being yet another milestone night for Ovechkin and on what also ended up being a milestone night for the Caps head coach, Peter Laviolette. Uh, Oh, by the way, the Virginia Senate on Tuesday passed a bill to create a football stadium authority to sell bonds to pay for building a new stadium and a surrounding campus for the Commanders. So the momentum for the team's next stadium being in Virginia continues. It is said that Virginia is for lovers. Well, Virginia may well also be the site of the Commanders' next stadium. Nothing's for sure, but right now, anyway, the arrows do seem to be pointing in the direction of Virginia. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Connor Davis on this two-week anniversary of the announcement of the name Commanders. Yes, it is Wednesday, February 16th, and so February 2nd, aka 2.2.22, was two weeks ago. Writes Connor, love the show, Al. Well, thank you, Connor. Continues, Connor. It has been two weeks since the new name was revealed slash leaked, and I haven't heard a single person say that he or she likes it. The older generations scoff at the name, and the younger generations laugh at the name. The W is bland, the jerseys aren't unique, and the team couldn't even put the right Super Bowl years on our, quote, crest, end quote. It's not even a crest, it's just a dang circle with the four most obvious things about the franchise that you could squeeze into it. I emailed you a while back and said this name change would be it for me and a lot of people. The new name is just a joke, just like the rest of the franchise. There is nothing to get behind. Our franchise is constantly laughed at by every other fan in the league. And this new name just further shows how bad of a franchise we are. We went from one of the more iconic and unique logos to just an underlined word in bold font. Jason Wright is a nice guy, but to come into this business, parentheses, the NFL, which he is unfamiliar with, was just a disaster waiting to happen. He misjudged the fans' passion for Sean Taylor and botched that ceremony as a cover-up for another scandal going on in our organization. Now we have to live with this awful name chosen by a guy who knew nothing about the team's history. The fact that the Seattle Kraken was able to roll out a unique color scheme, a cool name, a well-designed logo, and well-designed jerseys just makes me sick. And at least Cleveland made its new name sound similar to the team's previous name. I could have drawn 10 to 20 different ideas for all of the names going around that would have actually gotten me excited for this team's future. As an example, we could have made the W look like the B-2 Stealth Bomber or a B-52 like the Red Tails logo was supposed to be. The commander's name is bland, uninspiring, and is just plain bad. And what is worse is that we don't even have a logo anymore. It really hurts, to be honest. I've heard you and others say that the team is aiming at attracting the younger fan, but I can tell you, we all hate it. The team failed big time. It's just sad. I'm really only listening in the hope that Dan Snyder is kicked out. My passion is really gone on the football side, and I'll probably watch other games next season instead of wasting my time. I hope the league comes to its senses and kicks Dan out, but even then, we'll be stuck with the damn commanders. Wow, thank you for that email, Connor. Just so you guys know, Connor in a previous email said that he is under 30. So that email that I just read wasn't from some older fan. That email was from exactly the kind of person to whom the commanders are trying to appeal. I laughed to myself when Connor said that Jason Wright is unfamiliar with the business of the NFL. Jason Wright played in the NFL. Jason Wright, in case you don't know, was a running back at Northwestern and then was in the NFL for seven seasons, 2004 through 2010. Now, I'm not saying that Connor doesn't know that, but I think it's funny that Jason was in the NFL for seven seasons, and yet it does sometimes feel like he's new to all of this. He has been a part of some major missteps during his tenure 
as team president. Now, to what extent those missteps were directly his fault, I don't know. But to me, you're being naive if you think that Jason Wright deserves no blame for things like the debacle that was the retirement of Sean Taylor's number 21 and the total low energy and lackluster announcement of the name Commanders and the Crest having the wrong years for the Redskins Super Bowl titles. Heck, remember what happened on Christmas night. Jason Wright on Christmas night, on December 25th, 2021, put out a tweet that read, quote, good night at Washington NFL Nation. A holiday-themed game day is just a day away, end quote. The tweet also featured a cartoon meme of Santa Claus in a snowman urinating on a Dallas Cowboys helmet, and you actually saw the flows of urine coming out. The next night, what happened? The then Washington football team got humiliated on national television, a 56-14 loss at the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. So yeah, it does sometimes feel like Jason Wright is new to all of this. Here's the bottom line. Two weeks after 2.2.22, I and others still can't get over how poorly the announcement of the name Commanders was done. And I say that as someone who actually doesn't hate the name Commanders. I don't hate the name Commanders like, say, Connor hates the name Commanders. I do wish that the name of the team were still Redskins, but I don't think that Commanders is some terrible name. But how the name was announced, you know, low energy at an empty FedEx field with zero pomp and circumstance live on NBC's Today Show, uh, all of that was terrible, okay? Like, this is what the team came up with via a 19-month process, that low-energy, low-budget announcement at an empty FedEx field on the Today Show, that was it? Do I have to play the clip? Do I have to play for you what that announcement was two weeks ago on 2.2.22? Yes, I do have to play the clip. Here you go. Let's not like make folks wait. Let's not drag it out, Jason. What's the, uh, what is the new team name? Doug, what is it? We are the Commanders. <laughs> we are the Commanders. The Commanders. The Washington Commanders. That's right. Uh, oh, wow. You didn't waste any time there. There it is. <laughs> yes, and there it is. I can't hear that clip and not laugh. That was it. 19 months, and that was it. And there it is. Email from Rob on Dan Snyder and the potential of us actually being on the verge of him being ousted as owner of the Commanders. Writes Rob, here is my theory on the Danny. Coming off the Beth Wilkinson investigation, we had the fine. We also had Tanya Snyder becoming co-CEO. Did you notice at the great name reveal that Dan introduced Tanya as co-owner? I didn't think much of that at the time. But now I wonder, why did the NFL go out of its way to help Dan buy out his partners if the NFL wants to get rid of Dan? After all of the allegations, a woman who didn't speak to Beth Wilkinson pops up and says that Dan put his hand on her thigh more than 10 years ago. I'm not doubting or condoning this. No way of really knowing. But that's going to put the NFL over the top and make him sell. Here's what I think will happen. Dan steps down as co-CEO. Tanya becomes the majority owner. The NFL makes Dan sell his portion of the team to a minority owner. That keeps Dan from having the NFL in court for years. That lets the NFL say that it forced him out. The league can say that it has a new minority owner. I think that Dan's goal at this point is to get the team to his children. Maybe Dan's son will become a better owner than his pop is. What are your thoughts? Thanks, Al for your outstanding pod. Well, thank you, Rob. Uh, There's a lot to your email. I do think that you're onto something with Dan, at the very least, having structured things uh, so that if he is out, Tanya is there to serve as owner and to do the bidding of Dan. But I think that Dan naming Tanya as co-CEO last summer was as much about Dan going bye-bye, at least nominally, for a few months. Remember the mechanics of what happened. So the then Washington football team on June 29th, 2021, announced that Tanya Snyder had been named as co-CEO of the team. It was just two days later, July 1st, 2021, that we learned of the outcome of the Beth Wilkinson 
investigation. We didn't get a written report, but we learned of the outcome of the Beth Wilkinson investigation. The outcome included both the NFL in a statement and Dan Snyder in a separate statement announcing that Tanya Snyder was assuming responsibilities of CEO and overseeing all day-to-day team operations and representation of the club on all league activities, and that Dan would be concentrating his time, quote, during the next several months on developing a new stadium plan and other matters, end quote. Now, to what extent Tanya actually oversaw day-to-day team operations and Dan actually concentrated his time on non-day-to-day team operations matters? We do not know. I have my doubts. I think that most people do too. But what clearly happened was that Dan, as part of the outcome of the Beth Wilkinson investigation, agreed to at least say that he would be concentrating his time on nine day-to-day team operations matters for several months. Uh, Dan and his people have been adamant that Dan was not suspended. Uh, Call what happened to Dan, whatever you want to call what happened to Dan. But Dan, at least nominally, spending his time on nine day-to-day team operations matters for several months is what Tanya Snyder being made co-CEO was about. Now, it just so happens that Tanya being co-CEO also works on two other fronts. Number one, as Rob said, were Dan to ever be removed as owner in some form or fashion, there at least could be a case that Tanya could serve as majority owner. Now, this wouldn't be a very good case, okay? I mean, nobody with a brain would buy Tanya being independent of Dan, but that argument could be made by the Snyders. Number two, given that the team was in the midst and now is back in the midst of this workplace misconduct scandal, saying that a co-CEO of the team is a woman is something about which the team can stick out its chest. Even though, again, nobody with a brain is fooled by this. Everyone realizes that Tanya Snyder being co-CEO doesn't somehow absolve the team of the workplace misconduct scandal. But, you know, the team has become very aggressive in telling anyone who will listen how progressive and woke the team has become. The team loves to pat itself on its back now for all of these diverse employees that the team now has. And so I think that Tanya being co-CEO works in that regard. And by the way, I have no problem with the team having a diverse group of employees. I do have a problem with the team patting itself on the back for having a diverse group of employees. Personally, if the NFL actually oust Dan, I don't think that it would just oust Dan and shift his ownership to Tanya. If you're going to oust Dan, you need to oust Dan. This is like when Dan fired Bruce Allen. Do you remember what the conversation was leading up to that that Dan might fire Bruce from football operations, but retain him in business operations. No, if you're going to fire Bruce, you needed to fire Bruce. And Dan finally fired Bruce. It means you're close. Yes, Brucifer. Hello. Uh, what, oh, what must Brucey be thinking about everything going on with Dan Snyder right now? Remember, it was Bruce's leaked emails from his time as Redskins executive that reignited the workplace misconduct scandal. Who leaked those emails? We still don't know. Who was the leaker? We still do not know. You know, the prevailing theory remains that Dan himself was the leaker. We can't say that Dan was the leaker with certainty, but if it's true that Dan was the leaker, uh, that really is an all-timer. That Dan, through his short-sighted you know, impulsive, mean-spirited behavior leaked the Bruce Allen emails, and those emails ended up reigniting a scandal that caused a whole lot of problems for Dan, and maybe ultimately will cost him ownership of the commanders. Well, I'm not sure if the law firm of Paulson and Nace knows for sure who leaked the Bruce Allen emails, but I do know that if you have a case, you should contact Paulson and Nace. Paulson and Nace handles complex personal injury, medical negligence, and wrongful death cases. If you have been injured through no fault of your own, if your family has suffered death due to medical negligence, contact Paulson and NACE. Paulson and NACE fights for the rights and futures of victims and their families throughout Washington, D.C. and West Virginia. Paulson and NACE has a skilled team of personal injury, birth injury, and medical malpractice trial attorneys and puts your best interests first. Paulson and NACE has decades of experience trying cases to jury verdicts and fighting 
for those injured through no fault of their own. Chris Nace is a past president of the D.C. Trial Lawyers. Matt Nace is a member of the board of the D.C. Trial Lawyers. I've known the Naces for 25 plus years. These are good people and smart people who are excellent at what they do. Paulson and Nace has recovered millions of dollars for the sick and injured. When you are injured because of someone else's negligence, you may experience feelings of anger, anxiety, frustration. Choosing the right law firm to help you can be overwhelming. How do you know whom to trust? How do you know that you'll be protected? It is simple. If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. If you feel as if you've been wronged, if you have a complex personal injury, medical negligence, or wrongful death case, or you think that you may have one but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Yeah, you're obligated to nothing. You can call Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. When you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Schedule a no-obligation appointment by calling 202-902-7611 and see what Paulson and Nace can do for you. Paulson and Nace, when tragedy happens, let their family take care of yours. Up next, a proper salute to Mr. National, Ryan Zimmerman. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or that is preventing you from achieving your goals? You or someone you love falling into depression or struggling with anxiety can keep you from what you care about. That's where BetterHelp comes in. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You'll be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Now understand, BetterHelp is not a crisis line. BetterHelp is not self-help. BetterHelp is professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas, and BetterHelp is available for clients worldwide. BetterHelp is convenient. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist from whom you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as you do with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, and so BetterHelp makes it easy and free to change therapists if needed, and BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. You deserve that, and so here's a special offer. Go to betterhelp.com slash that's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash Galdi, G-A-L-D-I, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. You'll get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp just by going to betterhelp.com slash Galdi. That's betterhelp.com slash Galdi and get 10% off your first month. So many people have been helped by the great therapist at BetterHelp. How about this from a client on a therapist named Mary Allen? Quote, since I've worked with Mary, I've seen so many positive changes in daily life. I always look forward to our conversations because I feel so supported and Mary always has great ideas and solutions for me. End quote. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that BetterHelp is actually recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. Look, we all know people who have struggled with mental health. Perhaps you yourself have struggled with mental health. There's no shame. Those days are done. So many athletes have dealt with mental health difficulties. Take control of your mental health. You deserve to be happy. Go to betterhelp.com slash Galdi. That's betterhelp.com slash Galdi. All right, so if I asked you, who has been the face of Washington, D.C. sports over the last 20 years, the answer would be Alex Ovechkin. But you could make a pretty strong case that number two on that list uh, would be Ryan Zimmerman. And while Ovechkin continues to kill it for the Capitals, Ryan Zimmerman now is retiring. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman on Tuesday afternoon, announced his retirement. Uh, You know, this is not a happy thing, for sure, but this also isn't a sad thing, either. I mean, Ryan Zimmerman's Nationals career is to be celebrated and appreciated. Zimmerman announced his retirement 
via a statement published by his agency, CAA. The statement was signed employee number 11. That was great. Uh, That's what Zimmerman liked to call himself, employee number 11. Uh, Read the statement in part, quote, although my baseball career has come to an end. My family and I will continue to be heavily involved in the DMV community. You have given so much to us over the past 17 years. It is now time for us to give back to you. We look forward to continuing many of our community programs and starting new ones in the future. Our kids will be raised here as this is now our home and we couldn't be more excited. So this is not a goodbye, but more of a see you around. End quote. We knew that Ryan Zimmerman might retire, but the longer that we went without him announcing his retirement, the more that we wondered whether he would retire. We, of course, remain in the midst of a lockout in Major League Baseball, and the lockout is showing no signs of ending anytime soon. Spring training camps would have already started, so at the very least, spring training has been impacted by the lockout. We'll see if the regular season is impacted by the lockout. Hard to say if the lockout is part of why Zimmerman is retiring. I would think that him retiring has primarily to do with having a newborn for him and his wife, uh, the physical toll that Zimmerman's playing career took on him. Uh, And let's be honest, the state of the Nats, uh, they now are a rebuilding team. And if you're Ryan Zimmerman, are you really all that psyched about getting your body ready for a 2022 season in which the Nats could be among the worst teams in the majors again? Now, I hope that that's not the case, but that could be the case. Uh, What's funny to me about Ryan Zimmerman's retirement announcement on Tuesday is that the announcement came despite MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred this past Thursday having announced that MLB has agreed on a universal designated hitter. Uh, That seemed to be something that would work in favor of Zimmerman playing in 2022 because he would no longer have to worry about playing the field. The DH is coming finally to the National League. Uh, Zimmerman could be the Nats' primary DH for the 2022 season, but apparently Universal designated the hitter being a thing wasn't enough of a thing to keep Ryan Zimmerman from retiring. Zimmerman was pretty productive in what ended up being his final season, the 2021 regular season, what was his age 36 season. He played in 110 games, totaled 273 plate appearances, over which he had a slugging percentage of 471. Uh, And he did get a proper goodbye. I'm glad that this happened. Uh, Zimmerman in that season-ending 7-5 loss to the Boston Red Sox at Nationals Park this past October 3rd. 0-3 with a bases loaded walk and two strikeouts. He took the field in the top of the eighth, then got removed from the game so that he would get a proper send-off. And the send-off featured a lengthy standing ovation from not just fans, but also players. Uh, That was really cool. Uh, Davey Martinez, off a recent procedure, came limping out of the field to hug Zimmerman. Zimmerman was crying. Uh, Really a great scene at Nationals Park on the final day of the regular season last year. So a few things that will always stick with me regarding Ryan Zimmerman. The first thing is this. Ryan Zimmerman was the first great player for the Nationals. Uh, Zimmerman was the first player drafted by the Nats after the franchise came to Washington, D.C., Following the 2004 season, the Nats took Zimmerman with the number four pick in the 2005 MLB draft out of Virginia. He remarkably made his major league debut later that year. He made his major league debut on September 1st, 2005. Uh, The Nats were a really bad team from 2006 through 2010, but Zimmerman blossomed into an MVP caliber player in the 2009 and 2010 seasons. Zimmerman, for the 2009 regular season, had a wins above replacement per baseball reference of 7.3. That's outstanding. And Zimmerman, for the 2010 regular season, had a wins above replacement per baseball reference of 6.2. A war above six is MVP territory. Zimmerman's war per baseball reference in 2009, 7.3. His war per baseball reference in 2010, 6.2. Ryan Zimmerman retires as the Nats slash Expos all-time leader in regular season runs created, total bases, extra base hits, home runs, doubles, hits, RBI, runs, plate appearances, and games. There's a reason that one of his nicknames was Mr. National. Another one of Ryan Zimmerman's nicknames was Mr. Walkoff. And this is another thing to always remember about Ryan Zimmerman. 11 career walk-off home runs in the regular season for Ryan Zimmerman. The only players in Major League history with more than the 11 career regular season walk-off home runs that Ryan Zimmerman has are Jim Tomey, 
who has a major league record 13 career regular season walk-off homers. And Jimmy Fox, Mickey Mantle, Stan Musial, Albert Pujols, Frank Robinson, and Babe Ruth, who each had 12 career regular season walk-off homers. That's pretty good company to be keeping in terms of career regular season walk-off home runs. Jim Tomey, Jimmy Fox, Mickey Mantle, Stan Musial, Albert Pujols, Frank Robinson, and Babe Ruth. Not bad. And of course, among the many career regular season walk-off home runs by Ryan Zimmerman was a walk-off homer in 2008 in the Nats' first ever regular season game at Nationals Park. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman had some big postseason moments for the Nationals. Don't lose sight of this. Uh, Zimmerman, over 128 plate appearances in 35 career postseason games, had an OPS of 790. Ryan Zimmerman was a good October player, and Zimmerman was especially productive for the Nats in their run to the 2019 World Series title. Now look, Zimmerman by 2019 was not the player who he had been, but Zimmerman was quite productive for the Nats in that 2019 postseason, October 7, 2019, Zimmerman in the Nats 6-1 win over the Los Angeles Dodgers at Nationals Park in NLDS Game 4, a two-out, three-run homer off reliever Pedro Baez on a bomb to center field to cap a Nats four-run fifth. October 11, 2019, Zimmerman in the Nats 2-0 win at the St. Louis Cardinals in NLCS Game 1 made the defensive play of the game, and maybe the defensive play of that postseason, a diving backhanded catch of a full-count lineout by Tommy Edmond to begin the bottom of the eighth with Anibal Sanchez working on a no-hitter. That was a tremendous play by Ryan Zimmerman. And then in the World Series, October 22, 2019, Zimmerman in the Nats 5-4 win at the Houston Astros in World Series Game 1, smashed a two-out solo homer to center field of starter Garrett Cole in the top of the second. So a lot of memorable moments for Ryan Zimmerman as a national. You can take your pick as to what was the most memorable moment for Zim as a Nat, but uh, it's hard to top that World Series home run of Garrett Cole in Game 1, especially considering what ended up happening in that World Series, right? The Nationals beating the Astros, the cheating Astros, the chafing Astros in seven games. Now look, uh, Ryan Zimmerman did miss a lot of time due to injury. Uh, you can't have a true, honest, objective Ryan Zimmerman conversation and not bring this up. Ryan Zimmerman missed a lot of time due to injury. Zimmerman's major league career lasted for 16 seasons, 2005 through 2019, and then 2021. He did not play in the 2020 season due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Zimmerman was called up to the majors late in the 2005 season. He was a part-time player in the 2021 season. So to me, Zimmerman had 14 true major league seasons, 2006 through 2019. Zimmerman, over those 14 true major league seasons, played in at least 150 regular season games just three times. That's it. Three out of 14 true seasons. Uh, Zimmerman from 2014 through 2019 played in more than 115 games in a regular season just once, which was 2017. So yeah, uh, he was not a pillar of durability, and that's not his fault, okay? Everyone's body is different, and Ryan Zimmerman's physiology was such that he just got injured quite a bit. But yeah, um, he missed a lot of time during his career. But when he played, he was productive, and Ryan Zimmerman was all class. And I tell you, of all of the things to remember about Ryan Zimmerman, this may well be the thing that sticks with me the most how Ryan Zimmerman handled his move from third base. Uh, total class. So Zimmerman, of course, was a major league third baseman from 2005 through 2013. But he, during the 2013 season, developed the yips. Uh, his throws became horrible. He was an unreliable thrower of the baseball. Uh, I think a lot of this had to do with Zimmerman in October 2012 having undergone arthroscopic surgery on the AC joint in his right shoulder. Zimmerman was never the same again after that surgery. Uh, Zimmerman in the 2014 regular season split his time in the field between third base and left field, but he then starting with the 2015 season was the first baseman. Uh, I remember this. The conversation in 2014 was, yeah, eventually Ryan Zimmerman will probably be 
a first baseman. No, there was no eventually. He was a first baseman the next year, 2015, and moving forward. Uh, the change from Ryan Zimmerman being an everyday third baseman to Ryan Zimmerman being an everyday first baseman happened quickly. But Zimmerman, at least publicly, never complained about being removed as the Nats starting third baseman. Uh, he, by all indications, handled the transition with class and dignity. Ryan Zimmerman could have made this awkward, could have made this uncomfortable, could have been someone who was a malcontent because of what was happening with him. And every indication is that this was not the case. Ryan Zimmerman handled the move from third base to first base with class and dignity and poise and like a pro. And I will always remember that when it comes to Ryan Zimmerman. This really is the end of an era for the Nationals. And it happens as the Nats, like we said, are now in the midst of a rebuild. Um, you know, it's probably best for the Nats moving forward that Ryan Zimmerman is retiring because the Nats now are trying to go younger. They're trying to get players who are more positionally versatile. And, you know, while having Ryan Zimmerman back for the 2022 season would not have been some terrible thing, I think it's also the kind of thing where you say, all right, he would have come back for maybe one more year. Uh, he could have served as a DH, which would have been fine. It's not like he was eating up a, a bunch of room on the payroll or anything like that. But if you're just looking at things from the perspective of baseball operations, the Nats need guys who are younger. The Nats need guys who can play multiple positions. Ryan Zimmerman does not check either one of those boxes. And for him to go out with that 2021 season that he had, which was a good season, and for him to go out with that great moment that he had at Nationals Park on the final day of the 2021 regular season, uh, I think that is a more than acceptable way for Ryan Zimmerman to go out. So a salute to Mr. National, to Mr. Walkoff, Ryan Zimmerman, on a tremendous career. Up next, I'll talk commanders. Uh, two new developments regarding the workplace misconduct scandal, each of which could push things further in the direction of Dan Snyder ultimately being ousted as owner of the team. And then I'll talk Ron Rivera. The impossible to ignore trend in the NFL is teams hiring as their head coaches guys with primarily offensive backgrounds and guys who are young. Well, the commanders in Ron have a head coach with a defensive background and a guy who is older. Does this matter? Is this a problem? I'll get to all of this coming up. All right, my friends, I want to tell you about something special, a great, easy, and affordable way to have your meals. HelloFresh. HelloFresh is great. Uh, with HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. This is why HomeFresh is America's number one meal kit. And HelloFresh is offering something really special to listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. More on that shortly. But if you want to eat healthy or at least eat healthier, uh, you want to eat food that tastes great and you don't have time to be making trips to buy food and coming up with complicated recipes, you got to try HelloFresh. We tried HelloFresh and loved it. Uh, I got a HelloFresh box that was heavy on meat. We cooked up some great ground beef and delicious pork, had tostadas. They were excellent. My wife followed the detailed recipe that HelloFresh provided, in addition to all of the ingredients that we needed. And my four-year-old son loved the food. And trust me, that's big because he's impossible to please, okay? He's a major diva. He's worse than his father. Uh, HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients right to your door, including farm-fresh produce that arrives within a week, so you get convenience without skimping on quality. HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items from which to choose each week, including veggie, calorie-smart, family-friendly, and gourmet options, providing plenty of variety. And HelloFresh offers flexibility with which you can customize your order. And HelloFresh will save you money. A HelloFresh meal, on average, is 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal of the same quality. And you can save, on average, over $65 a month by ordering HelloFresh instead of grocery shopping. So here's what you do. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Galdi16 and use the code Galdi16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash Galdi16 and use the code Galdi16 for up to 16 free meals 
and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Galdi16 and use that code Galdi16 for the special offer. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We will be talking actual Commanders football next segment, but right now, two things regarding the workplace misconduct scandal. So Congress had given the NFL until Monday to turn over requested documents in the Washington workplace misconduct scandal. The NFL has, in fact, turned over more documents. Uh, What exactly is in these documents, we don't yet know, but the congressional committee that's involved in Washington's workplace misconduct scandal, the Committee on Oversight and Reform, put out a statement on Tuesday. Boy, we have had a lot of statements recently uh, in this whole thing, but the Committee on Oversight and Reform said in its statement on Tuesday, quote, the committee has received additional documents from the NFL, which we are currently reviewing. We have been clear that the NFL must stop hiding the results of the Wilkinson investigation and fully comply with the committee's request, or the committee will have no choice but to take further action. The chairs are committed to uncovering the truth about what happened within the Washington Commanders organization and how allegations were handled by the NFL in order to inform legislative efforts to make workplaces safe for everyone, end quote. So at any moment, uh, we could have a new reveal in the workplace misconduct scandal. It's going to be really interesting to see what the NFL may have provided to Congress regarding the scandal, given the many signs over the last week that the NFL has turned on or is turning on or at the very least is annoyed with Dan Snyder. Uh, Remember, it was documents provided by the NFL to Congress that resulted in the Committee on Oversight and Reform on February 4th, releasing multiple documents that shed new light on the scandal. Uh, A common interest agreement that was signed by the NFL and the then Washington football team in September 2020, and an engagement letter from August 2020 between the then Washington football team and Beth Wilkinson's law firm. Uh, The common interest agreement includes the NFL and the then Washington football team pledging to pursue a, quote, joint legal strategy, end quote, and agreeing not to share any privileged documents or information exchanged during the investigation without the other's consent. And so given that agreement, it does appear as if the NFL may not be able to release the results of the Beth Wilkinson investigation without the permission of Dan Snyder. Uh, The engagement letter between the then Washington football team and Beth Wilkinson's law firm clearly states that Beth Wilkinson's firm would, quote, complete a written report of its findings and make recommendations regarding any remedial measures, end quote. And yet, as we have been told, no written report was provided from Beth Wilkinson 
to the NFL. But according to this document, a written report was to have been provided uh, by Beth Wilkinson regarding the investigation. That common interest agreement and that engagement letter were two significant pieces in the exposure of how Dan Snyder and the NFL have handled this scandal. So who knows what could be coming via this latest batch of documents provided by the NFL to the Committee on Oversight and Reform, especially given that things do not seem to be all that great right now between Dan and the NFL. Also, we have this, a key sponsor of the Commanders now is gone. Medlimital, a medical billing compliance company out of Manassas, Virginia, is no longer a sponsor of the Commanders. Uh, Joe Theismann actually had been doing work for Medlimital, uh, but the company on its website no longer has the Commander's logo, and there's an email going around that includes the following, quote, Medlimital will not be continuing its partnership with the Washington Commanders for the 2022-2023 season, and indefinitely going forward, we are sincerely disappointed in the Commander's handling of both the facts and allegations surrounding their organization, end quote. Uh, I actually saw this on Monday. I'll be honest with you. I didn't talk about this on Tuesday's show because I wanted to make sure that this was legit, that Medlimital was in fact out as a sponsor of the Commanders. But this does now seem to be legit, that the Commanders have lost at least one sponsor over this workplace misconduct scandal. And that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. When sponsors start dropping and the scandal starts costing the team and the NFL actual real money, uh, that's when things truly get real, at least for the team and the NFL. And that's the kind of thing that could push the NFL over the edge regarding getting rid of Dan Snyder as owner of the Commanders. Now, the big question is, are other sponsors going to follow Medlimital's lead? We shall see. But remember that one of the reasons that the name of the team is no longer Redskins is that sponsors started falling in various forms. Uh, First FedEx, then Nike and Amazon, and the domino effect was significant. Might we see something similar here with this workplace misconduct scandal? Hard to say, but it's now more possible than ever before, right? Because the first shoe has fallen. Uh, The shoe that is Medlimital has fallen. Uh, There is so much stuff out there right now with this Washington workplace misconduct scandal, it's not always easy and clear to see what matters and what doesn't, what's real and what isn't. But the two things from the last 24 to 48 hours to be mindful of, A, new batch of documents regarding the scandal from the NFL to Congress. B, the commanders now have lost a sponsor in Medlimital over the scandal. And who the heck knows what's next? Stay tuned. All right, so I want to talk about something regarding the head coach of our commanders, the commander of the commanders, Rod Rivera. And the something that I want to talk about has to do with the trend in the NFL with head coaches. Uh, Here's basically the deal. The majority of the NFL is going one way, and the commanders are going another way. And the questions are, does this matter, and is this a problem? So we on Tuesday afternoon had multiple reports that the Minnesota Vikings are planning on a Thursday introductory press conference for Kevin O'Connell as their head coach. Uh, That Kevin O'Connell is becoming Vikings head coach is not new. Uh, This was reported a while ago that he would be becoming Vikings head coach. But the Vikings hiring O'Connell as head coach still isn't official. And especially with the future of Los Angeles Rams head coach Sean McVay at least somewhat up in the air as he does legitimately seem to at least be flirting with stepping away off winning Super Bowl 56. There had been some thought that maybe O'Connell to the Vikings might have hit a snag. You know, maybe O'Connell was going to succeed McVay as Rams head coach. But no, all indications are that Kevin O'Connell is becoming Vikings head coach. This is the same Kevin O'Connell who used to be an offensive assistant for the Redskins. Kevin O'Connell, a.k.a. KOC, uh, was the Skins quarterbacks coach for the 2017 season, then was the Skins quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator for the 2018 season, and then was the Skins offensive coordinator for the 2019 season. Uh, O'Connell spent the last two seasons as the Rams offensive coordinator 
under McVay. And so now that we have a pretty good certainty that Kevin O'Connell is in fact becoming Vikings head coach, an undeniable trend in the NFL now is even more undeniable. Head coaches with backgrounds primarily as offensive coaches and head coaches who many times are under the age of 45. Kevin O'Connell fits this description to a T. Kevin O'Connell has an offensive background, and Kevin O'Connell is just 36 years old. Super Bowl 56 featured, of course, the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bengals. The Rams head coach, of course, is Sean McVay. He is a head coach with an offensive background, and he's just 36. The Bengals head coach, Zach Taylor, is a head coach with an offensive background. He was on McVay's Rams staff. Zach Taylor was the Rams assistant receivers coach for the 2017 season, then was the Rams quarterbacks coach for the 2018 season. He's just 38. Uh, Offensive-minded head coaches under the age of 45. The NFL is filled with these people. Kevin O'Connell, Sean McVay, Zach Taylor, Philadelphia Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni, he's just 40. Green Bay Packers head coach Matt LaFleur, he's just 42. Detroit Lions head coach Dan Campbell, he's 45. Atlanta Falcons head coach Arthur Smith, pride of Georgetown Prep High School in Rockville, Maryland, the son of former Washington minority owner Fred Smith, the man who is maybe more responsible than anyone for the name of the team no longer being Redskins. Uh, Arthur Smith, who was once a defensive quality control coach for the Skins, is just 39. Uh, Arizona Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury, he's just 42. San Francisco 49ers head coach Kyle Shanahan, he's just 42. Miami Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel, he's just 38. Cleveland Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski, he's just 39. Las Vegas Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels, he's 45. Denver Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett, He's 42. There are 32 teams in the NFL. Once the Vikings name Kevin O'Connell as their head coach, we will have 13 of the NFL's 32 head coaches as guys with primarily offensive backgrounds who are 45 and younger. And notes, I'm not including New York Giants head coach Brian Dable, who's 46. He barely missed the cut. And he's part of a bunch more NFL head coaches with offensive backgrounds. Dallas Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy. Tampa Bay Buccaneers head coach Bruce Arians. Indianapolis Colts head coach Frank Reich. Jacksonville Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson. Kansas City Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. Here's the bottom line. Once the Vikings name Kevin O'Connell as their head coach, we will have 19 of the NFL's 32 head coaches as guys with backgrounds primarily as offensive coaches, and 13 of the 19 will be 45 or younger. In this passing and quarterback-centric league that now is the NFL, head coaches who are offensive-minded and young is the way of the league. And then there's our head coach, commander's head coach, Ron Rivera. He has a defensive background, and he is older. Uh, Ron Rivera is 60. So, does this matter? And is this a problem? Well, we do need to note a few things. Uh, When it comes to having a head coach with a defensive background, uh, there are a good number of head coaches with primarily defensive backgrounds doing quite well in the NFL right now. And some of these guys have been doing quite well for years. Uh, New England Patriots head coach Bill Belichick, defensive background. He's the greatest football coach ever. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin, defensive background. He has had an outstanding run with the Steelers and did arguably his best coaching job as Steelers head coach in the 2021 season. Uh, Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott. He was a defensive coordinator for Ron Rivera during his time as Carolina Panthers head coach. McDermott is doing a great job with the Bills. Uh, Tennessee Titans head coach Mike Vrabel is doing a great job with the Titans. Seattle Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll has done a tremendous job with the Seahawks. So the idea that an NFL coach with primarily a defensive background is doomed uh, is wrong, as is the idea that an NFL head coach who's older is doomed. I mean, Bill Belichick is 69. Andy Reid is 63. Pete Carroll is 70. Uh, Additionally, we have Los Angeles Chargers head coach and former Rams defensive coordinator Brandon Staley, 
Uh, he is both an NFL head coach with a defensive background, and he's young. He's just 39, and he's considered to be a bright young NFL head coach. So nothing is set in stone. There are a variety of makeups for NFL head coaches that can work. But the population of NFL head coaches is changing, is evolving. And once the Vikings name Kevin O'Connell as their head coach, we will have 19 of the NFL's 32 head coaches as guys with backgrounds, primarily as offensive coaches. And 13 of the 19 will be 45 or younger. Uh, Ron Rivera right now is one of 11 NFL head coaches with backgrounds primarily as defensive coaches. And then there are two NFL head coaches who are either mixed in terms of coaching background or who have special teams backgrounds. Uh, Carolina Panthers head coach Matt Rule and Baltimore Ravens head coach John Harbaugh. Here's the bottom line. What matters is whether you can coach. Uh, It's not about where you've been. It's not about how old you are. It's about what you can do. And if you can scheme things up, if you can coach guys up, if you can maximize talent, if you can motivate and lead men, then you can be a good NFL head coach. Specific to the offensive nature of the NFL, I would say this. Uh, You as an NFL head coach do need to be innovative and progressive and modern with your offense. But you can do that as a head coach with a defensive background. Bill Belichick has done that. Mike Tomlin has done that. Pete Carroll has done that. Sean McDermott has done that. Brandon Staley has done that. Heck, Ron Rivera has done that. Never forget this. It was the Ron Rivera head coached Panthers who in many ways pioneered the read option offense in the NFL. The read option has been in the NFL for more than a decade now. Of course, it was the Redskins who helped to popularize the read option at the NFL level with what Mike and Kyle Shanahan did with Robert Griffin III in 2012. But do you know who was using the read option at the NFL level prior to the Shanahans with RG3? Rod Rivera. His Panthers made use of the read option in Cam Newton's rookie season 2011, which was Ron's first season As Panthers head coach, the Skins lost at the Panthers that season. And I'll never forget Mike Shanahan during his postgame press conference for that game talking about how the Skins weren't prepared enough for and or didn't do a good enough job with the Panthers' college-style plays. And I've always felt that that game opened Mike's eyes to what was possible with the read option at the NFL level. So Ron Rivera has presided over innovative offense in the NFL. And so no, our commanders are not doomed in having 60-year-old Ron Rivera with his defensive background as head coach, but his commander's offense does need to be a lot better. And I think that he knows that. And I think that this is a big part of what's behind this all-out search this offseason for a franchise quarterback. Well, there's something appropriate about the Capitals' Alex Ovechkin shining bright at the end of a day on which the Nationals' Ryan Zimmerman announced his retirement. Arguably, the top two faces of Washington, D.C. sports over the last 20 years owned the day on Tuesday in terms of D.C. sports. More on Ovechkin in a bit, but the Capitals won on Tuesday night. They improved to 27-15-9 with a 4-1 win at the Nashville Predators. The Caps needed this win. Uh, This was just their fourth win in regulation in 18 games. Uh, Yeah, we've been talking about this on the podcast. The Caps have been in a bit of a rut for a few weeks now, but the Caps got the regulation win on the road on Tuesday night. Now, also winning on Tuesday night were the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, They won their fourth consecutive game, 5-4 in overtime over the Philadelphia Flyers as Sidney Crosby scored his 500th career regular season goal. Also, the New York Rangers won on Tuesday night, 2-1 in a shootout, but over the Boston Bruins. So the Caps now are at 63 points on the season, fourth in the Metropolitan Division, seven points behind the first place Penguins, three points behind the third place Rangers, but the Caps now are five points ahead of the Bruins for the top wildcard spot in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Tuesday night's Caps win was a milestone win For Caps head coach Peter Laviolette, the win was the 700th career regular season win for Laviolette 
as an NHL head coach. He became just the 10th head coach in NHL history to win at least 700 regular season games. And it was fitting that this game was against the Predators. Laviolette was the Predators head coach for six seasons, May 2014 to January 2020. This was Laviolette during his postgame session with reporters on Tuesday night. Yeah, I mean, you know, the fact that it's Nashville and, you know, this is the last stop that we had. Um, you know, for for me, the, uh, the win was really good for our team. Just, it's been a, a bit of a roller coaster and, you know, you leave the Ottawa game and you don't feel good about it. And, you know, you lose a game at home and you want to get back and, and win a hockey game. And so, you know, it ends up being Nashville. That's just the way it was kind of dealt out. But um, it was a good win for our team. Yes, it was. It also, though, was a costly victory for the Caps as they lost another key player to injury. Defenseman Justin Schultz suffered an upper body injury on Tuesday night and did not return to the game. Uh, this is goaltender Vitek Vanacek remained unavailable due to an upper body injury that he suffered in a 4-3 overtime win at the Penguins on February 1st. Forward TJ Oshie on Tuesday night did not play for a 13th consecutive game due to an upper body injury that he suffered in a 2-0 win at the New York Islanders on January 15th. And forward Anthony Mantha remains out indefinitely due to shoulder surgery that he underwent on November 5th. So we'll see what the status of Justin Schultz is moving forward. But playing for the Caps on Tuesday night was the greatest player in franchise history. Alex Ovechkin and Ovi delivered. Uh, Now, Ovechkin had been in a goal-scoring drought. Ovechkin came into this game on Tuesday night having not scored a goal in each of his last six games, but he on Tuesday night had two goals and a team-high tying seven shot attempts. Ovechkin's first goal of the game, a power play goal, 4-33 into the third period for a 3-1 Caps lead. This was a big goal in the game. Ovechkin scored on a one-timer from, where else, the Ovi office that is the left circle. How many Alex Ovechkin goals have been scored over the years from the Ovi office? That is the left circle. Uh, The goal was Ovechkin's 30th goal of the season. So this is another 30-goal season for Alex Ovechkin. He now has 16 career 30-goal regular seasons, second most 30-goal regular seasons in NHL history. Actually, former cap Mike Gartner is number one all-time with 17 career 30-goal regular seasons. But how about that in terms of consistency? For Ovechkin, 16 career 30-goal regular seasons, and Ovechkin wasn't done. Uh, his second goal of the game was an even-strength empty net goal, 18:37 into the third period for a 4-1 Caps lead. That goal gave Ovechkin his 156th career regular season multi-goal game, moving him to within two of tying Brett Hull for the second-most regular season multi-goal games in NHL history. Also, the goal was Ovechkin's 479th career regular season even strength goal, moving him past Marcel Dion for the fourth most regular season even strength goals in NHL history. Every goal by Ovechkin, it seems, marks some sort of milestone or moves him up high on some kind of list. Ovechkin, as we speak now, this season is fourth in the NHL with 31 goals and is tied for fourth in the NHL with 62 points. He is having another great season. Peter Laviolette during his postgame session with reporters on Tuesday night on Alex Ovechkin clinching his 16th career 30-goal regular season. That's uh, quite an accomplishment by Ovi. Um, I think that's second most in the history of the NHL, and so that's a great accomplishment by him. Um, It's different, uh, you know, when you're coaching against him and when you're coaching with him. Um, you're coaching against him. You're constantly talking about how to keep him in check, and especially on the power play and the goal that he scored tonight. He scored so many goals from that area. Um, it's nice to have a weapon like that out on the ice, five on five, and on the power play. So uh, his the start to his year was excellent. He got off to a really you know, a good start. Been in a little bit of a drought lately, but it's nice to see him get on the board tonight with a couple. Yes, it was nice. Also nice on Tuesday night was the Caps goaltender. Ilya Samsonov was the Caps starting goaltender for a third consecutive game, and he was really good. You know, Samsonov has been up and down lately, as he has been for much of his NHL career, but Samsonov was up on Tuesday night. He stopped 33 of the 34 shots on goal that he faced. Samsonov, per natural stat trick, stopped seven of the eight high-danger shots on goal that he faced, stopped all nine of the medium danger shots on goal 
that he faced and stopped all 17 of the low danger shots on goal that he faced. Ilya Samsonov is like a box of chocolates, okay? You never know what you're going to get. But what you got on Tuesday night was good, so full credit to him. Yes, there was some puck luck involved, but still, uh, you stopped 33 of 34 shots on goal. Uh, that's a good night for you as a goaltender. Peter Laviolette during his post-game session with reporters on Tuesday night on Ilya Samsonov. You know, they, they hit the post quite a few times there in probably a 10 or 12-minute stand. They probably hit it three times or so. Um, but he made some big saves. He looked really sharp to me. Yes, he did. Uh, the Caps won the game despite getting bludgeoned in the puck possession battle. The Caps, for natural stature, had just 42 five-on-five shot attempts to the Predators' 64. But the Caps totaled 17 block shots to the Predators' 9 and the Predators had 21 missed shots. So the Caps losing the puck possession battle as badly as the Caps did ended up not hurting the Caps all that much. Good night for Caps special teams to the Caps. 2-2 on the penalty kill and 1-4 on the power play. And no shorthanded goals were allowed by the Caps. Thank goodness. Uh, next up for the Caps at the Philadelphia Flyers, Thursday night at 7. All right, that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Thursday show, episode 253. We'll feature much more on the Commanders. Also on Thursday show, I'll post game games on Wednesday night for the Wizards and Georgetown. The Wizards will be at the Indiana Pacers Wednesday night at 7.30. The Hoyas will be at Marquette Wednesday night at 8 in an attempt to improve to 1-13 and 13 in the Big East. Can Georgetown get that oh-so-elusive first Big East victory of this season? Uh, we shall see. Uh, don't bet on it, though. Have a great rest of your Wednesday, and I'll talk to you on Thursday. Let's not like make folks wait. Let's not drag it out, Jason. What's the uh what is the new team name? Doug, what is it? We are the commanders. <laughs> we are the commanders. The commanders. The Washington Commanders. That's right. Uh, oh wow, you're wasting any time there. There it is. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.